Greetings. I am X51. You are listening to the Pool Temple Evans Podcast. Despite my best efforts to persuade them to cease their activities, Vince and David Price continue to spread their pestilence among you flesh bags. They made me wish my batteries were made by Sony. Damn kids never listen. I can make you pregnant. He. Okay, out there at Marvelland, face front. This is Stanley speaking. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, lady? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw her bald-headed. Welcome to Comic Geek Speak. I'm Peter Rios. And this is Around Comics. I'm Tom Caters. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the Bullpen Bulletins podcast, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm your host, Vince B. And I'm David Price. And we actually made it. We made it through our first episode. How about that? And relatively unscathed. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and, you know, we seem to be getting fairly decent feedback out of it, you know, no death threats, no uh, X-lax in the chocolate, you know, so it, it worked out, it worked out really well. My brownies tasted a little funny, but... I like those brownies. It. Yeah, those are good, though. Those are Jim Starlin brownies. Oh, okay. Yeah. This episode, we plan to take a little stroll through the Marvel Previews catalog for November... You know, checking See, you're, out. You're, you're going to stroll through it. I'm pretty much going to stop at the inside cover there with that Alan Davis image from uh, Fantastic Four: The End, Number One. Oh, we'll get there soon enough. Don't don't reveal your cards, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know when to hold them. I think everybody pretty much knows where I stand. Yeah, but before we get there, I thought we'd uh, talk a little bit about uh, recent books that we've read that we enjoyed. Now, I got my DCBS uh, order uh, Tuesday. The first thing I reached for was the Marvel Zombies hardcover. Now, I, I heard a lot about it, and uh, I was originally planning on picking up the individual issues, but once I saw the first one sell out, and then they did a, you know an alternate cover and a variant, and then the second happened with the second issue, I, I thought I'd hold off, because uh, I knew they'd collect it. Marvel's real good about stuff like that. And I sat down this afternoon, and I read the whole thing in one sitting. And I have to say, it has to be the best book I've read in a long, long time. Wow. Yeah, I, no hyperbole, no exaggeration. This series was great from, from the first page to the last. I mean, there, Kirkman nailed it. The... the uh, well, when you're working with established characters like that, it's all about what kind of situations you can put them in. 
other than what we've seen them before. I mean, and they're zombies, so he had a pretty much a head start there. But As, with, without spoiling anything, because I was, I I haven't read it yet, and I wasn't sure as to you know what, aside from everybody being a zombie, what the premise was. So just, I mean, is this an alternate, like like an Exiles type story where, you know, it's just an alternate Earth? Is this, you know, is this based in some sort of Marvel reality in any way, shape, or form in any of their universes? Well, yeah, it spirals out of um, Mark Millar's Ultimate Fantastic Four. Okay. When um, Reed and Company got shunted off to that other dimension and they met their zombie equivalents and you well i won't blow that for you but yeah it it uh it's directly uh related to ultimate ff does it recap that in any way or is it just a straight standalone story you don't even have to know that they i think they do mention it once in there but like uh one of the characters says gee it, it would be great if we had reed here to help us out but you know naturally that's that's not doesn't factor into the story at all, but okay. the the events in this book, I, every issue had a holy shit moment. No the, kidding. Yeah, it was so good. I mean, uh, I'll spoil. I'm not. I'm not going to be in the habit of spoiling things because you know, people want to enjoy their books. But there's right. one part in. Um, <laughs> I think it's the first. First, no, it's the second issue where. Uh, a certain cosmic being comes down. I won't say who, but let's just say his um, skin is pretty thick. And Wolverine goes to whack at him with the claws, and he ends up ripping the claws out of his forearm because they won't penetrate the this guy's hide. <laughs> so he's, he's standing there, and he's like, "Oh well, <laughs> you know." And the the claws are hanging out, and his bones are shattered in the arm. It's so cool. <laughs> It is so. That's the thing about this book. It's a total geek out book. Every page has something in there that you would say, "Oh, that, you know, that is so neat." And Sean Phillips, it, I mean, the perfect artist for this project. He just he nailed it. Every every uh, every character was perfect. The atmosphere was appropriately dark and you know decrepit and gloomy, and the buildings were all messed up and just just an excellent series if if you were ever thinking about picking that up do it um and what's cool about it is in the back of the book they reproduce all of the variant covers arthur sudum's um covers and i'll tell you that guy is a force to be reckoned with i mean you look at his stuff and it you know it's very painterly there's there's you know a sweeping brush strokes in it and very loose but it's kind of deceptive because he he uh he hides these little pockets of detail where you can look at them forever, like the the texture in the, in a skull or in like the the flesh hanging off Spider Man's you know neck. It's just there's these little tiny little universes of detail in the thing. The guy's an amazing artist, and um, I, I looked at those covers and I tell you they brought back the uh, the days of uh, Jim Warren's books. I mean, any one of those would be a perfect fit on the cover of Eerie or Creepy or you know those 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 magazines just so good and so disgusting <laughs> but uh and uh you know the the source material the famous covers that he took them from yeah you, you can't go wrong there it was brilliant i think that was uh Casada's idea to do that to do the uh the, the homages yeah homages. yeah 
and uh, the best one I think is the uh, the cover, the Secret Wars. That is really cool. It, I saw that. It's an excellent package all around. Just uh, I, I don't want to gush because I, I can. I don't want to sound like a little fanboy, but yeah. well, well, I am. But you know, it, it was amazing book. Just great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Huh. How about you? Well, uh, I don't have anything that grand. I do, um, and I really don't have anything that recent. There's, um, I'm in the middle of reading Eternals number two, which I think so far I'm enjoying more than the setup issue, than number one. But I, I won't go into that. The only and um, the one Marvel story that I did read recently uh, were the five issues of the Defenders mini by. Uh, Giffen, DeMatteis, and McGuire. Um, I read those five issues, and I got a kick out of it. It was definitely uh, Giffen and DeMatteis. Um, you know, you really... They they can write for anybody, any team, and, and, and it always is going to feel like, like their kind of story. And, and it, uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to work, especially with, uh, with Silver Surfer, and I'm Really didn't have to worry about that character. Um, they, I thought they did a great job with Banner and and the Hulk. Namor was fabulous because he he acted in a very similar vein that he did in the Avengers Illuminati special, um, but there was just a lot more humor and biting sarcasm attached to it. So you it, you could definitely see that it was the same character. Um, and and Doctor Strange, I, I always just I always get a kick out of Doctor Strange. Uh, so it was it was a um, the the team was nice to to, uh, to read about in in these issues and um, and and the villain the main the main villain was uh, Dormammu and he. Um, he basically was just trying to become a god, and there was in getting in this. Um, since we were talking about alternate universes, timelines, things like that, there was a alternate Earth where uh, Dormammu made 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 the universe, made Earth in in uh, in, in an image he wanted it to be in and uh, so there were doppelgangers of all the Marvel heroes of, of Wolverine of Daredevil of Spider-Man of, of Cyclops and it was neat picking out which hero was which and everybody's dark and gray and, and uh, it, it, but without rambling too much more it was it was, it was a nice story it was uh, it was cute it um, it wasn't you know, life altering it wasn't uh, something that um, you know there isn't it's not steeped in continuity where, you know, the last issue and you'll, you know, it goes right into whatever next big event was. It was just, it's a nice, um, oh, it's a nice, uh, standalone. Yeah, but it's, it's, um, not a departure, but it's just, well, I guess it kind of is a departure. It's just, it's, you know, a little something different. It's, it's a little bit more lighthearted than anything heavy going on right now in either the X Men universe or, or with, or with Civil War, or with Annihilation, or anything like that. It's just, it's. I, I, I do believe it's traded, isn't it? I don't know. It could be. I'm not. I think I'm it's not been sure. Out long enough, or or it finished. It finished right before I think Civil War. So if, if it's not traded, I'm sure it will be soon. It was a. Um, it was a. It was. Not, I mean, if if you like 
Giffen de Mateus and Maguire, if you like what they did for uh, for distinguished competition, if if you uh, if you enjoyed their stories with their characters, you'll enjoy this. It 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 definitely had a nice little um, Marvel flavor to it. There was there was some edge there that you might not normally see with the other guys, but uh, but it was it, you could tell it was a Marvel book, and you could tell it was a Marvel book written by them. And and I haven't seen Kevin Maguire on a Marvel book since um, Captain America: Sentinel of Liberty. And I don't know if he's done anything more for Marvel between the two, but that was just the last thing I remember him doing for Marvel. And that was a great series too. I the first three issues were they got a fill in for the right. fourth, and I never read it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, the Defenders mini, as I was reading that, uh, Dormammu's sister, what was her Umar. name? Umar, right. There were certain parts of that book where I got the sneaky suspicion that the way Maguire drew it was not the way that it showed up in the final product. Like, they strategically maybe painted on panties here or there. and um, She was wearing like a black bikini where I think maybe I could, I could see where you're coming from. Right. Well, I sent an email to Chris Sotomayor. The, okay. the colorist, because he was right. a he was a a poster on the CGS board, and I said, you know, just between you and me, did you have to dicker with this art? And he said, yeah, they they thought it was a little bit too risque for an all ages book, and they had him go in and you know conceal and, little things here and there. And that and that surprised me because things that were that surprised me that it was an all ages book. I had to keep looking at the uh, on the cover because there were a lot of things going on. Never mind what she was or wasn't wearing. But the innuendo and 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 her uh, her flirtations with with the Hulk and there were a lot of things and and even the way some things that were said between Namor and Banner and 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 Dormammu and Umar and you know I I really I was really surprised yeah. that it, it did have the all ages tag on it. I heard the the Hulk ruined her for for future men. I'm sure he did. Yeah, that's got to be tough. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's. Uh... But uh, anyway, this week, uh, like I said, I got my DC BS box, and every Marvel book I've read so far has been just balls to the wall great. Um, uh, Hulk 97. Are you reading Planet Hulk? Unfortunately, not. Oh, not you yet. really should. It I is. I know I should. It's incredible. So good. Um, it's taken a, a weird turn right now. But uh, yeah, it's too far gone for you to catch up now. Um, I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna omnibus this sucker. That'd be nice. Yeah, and uh, the guidebook that came out a while back, I still haven't finished it. I I, <laughs> I, I I started reading it before we went to Chicago, and I'm not even halfway done with it. That oh, wow. it is just jam packed with information. Wolverine 45. Have you read it? I haven't gotten it yet. Wow. Oh wait 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 wait. Okay, you're gonna have to. It's the one with the Submariner tussle on the front. Okay, then no, I have the issue right before it. I have 44. Yeah, so good. Okay, um, Umberto Ramos is one of my favorite artists, and I think he's just nailing it. Just re- um, if you're not a fan of exaggeration, like there are people who see Wolverine in a certain light that you know they don't like to. Uh, 
have uh, deviation from. Like everybody sees, a lot of people see uh, Wolverine in the Frank Miller way. You know, uh, Ramos takes a little bit of liberties with the character. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's a fantastic book. Um, I've never read a Guggenheim before I'm sure this. You've seen, I'm sure you've seen some of his things since he, you know, he like, like all good comic writers nowadays, he seems to come from other media. Right. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you, he's doing a, a really good job. On, I've, I've never bought, I mean, let's say the, the last time I bought a Wolverine comic book, he was wearing a patch and, oh and, and walking around in Madripoor. Yeah, it's been, uh-huh. a, it's been a long time. Ultimate Spidey is really good right now. 98 and 99, uh, certain things are happening in, uh, this is called the Clone Saga, <laughs> of all things. Um, it, it's just... Wow. Uh, without, leave, without giving too much away, uh, a certain character comes back from the dead. Oh. Yeah. It's really cool. And that's the thing about Ultimate Spider-Man. I think that is Bendis' perfect match. That is the book where he excels. He, ju- he just seems to, to uh, know those uh, two characters, uh, Peter and MJ, so well. And he writes them with with such clarity the dialogue is just perfect that um i th- i think that's the those are the two characters with which he identifies the most like uh stan and jack i guess you can say they're the most uh identify the most with the fantastic four i think right. bendis is going to go down for with uh ultimate spider-man as his uh his i don't want to say masterpiece but it it's it's come pretty close i can see that <laughs> Power Records presents Man-Thing in Night of the Laughing Dead. The swamp, a bubbling bed of life of which you are a part. Once you were a man, a chemist named Ted Salas, but the syrup that was to have made you a super soldier combined with strange forces in the swamp to make you over into the Man-Thing. But your former existence seems a far-off dream to you, doesn't it? Less than a dream, in fact. No longer able to reason, you now function on emotion, those few which you still feel. You can feel what others feel. You can understand those feelings. But emotions are often as ambiguous as words, and sometimes they are even more so. Consider this weeping clown, for example. What does he feel now as he raises a gun to his temple, as the tears roll down his grease-painted cheeks? You may never know, for across the marshland comes... A single, devastatingly final shot. That prides you into action. You attempt to hurry to the source of the evil sound. But no matter, you are too late. It was too late before you began. And all you can do is stare through hazy, crimson eyes at the little clown's corpse and reflect on the buried fragments of memories brought to the surface by the ugly sight. You remember how the man you were fought to protect his scientific discovery. You remember more, the blinding moments of escape, the knowledge that he had to destroy the vial, and perhaps, at the same time, destroy himself. And so, Ted Salas did what had to be done. Memory. You recall the transformation, the mingling of the chemical with the swamp waters around him, the stark shock to his metabolism, and the bitter ending of his sanity. Slowly, mercifully, the memories end. And the man who was once Ted Salas, whose body has become that of a swamp-roaming creature, forgets again what once he knew. It's better that way. It's better. As those thoughts fade, your gaze falls upon something at the dead man's foot. But you wonder, 
Could these little scrawls on this thin white leaf explain why the man took his own life? But wait, another flash of recollection from your former life. Foo? Few? Funeral. Humans bury their dead. So this one must be laid to rest. And so you take the body deep into the marsh, while events take shape miles away that will transform this already somber evening into something more terrifying by far. Uh, you know, I haven't gotten around to reading a lot. I read Annihilation number one. It was a solid read. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, uh, th- I thought I, I did. I thought it was a. I thought it was a solid read, and the. Um, you know, I'll, I did order the uh, the next two issues, so we'll. Uh, I'll probably, being only a six issue mini, uh, I'm sure I'll stick with that just to see where uh, where it goes because I don't know a lot about uh, Marvel's cosmic uh, cosmic characters. So it'd be nice if I at least, you know, had had some ideas to who they were, what they were doing, and and in a few months' time, if if I look back there, have to. Um, recall anything about Marvel's cosmic heroes or characters, I can at least, you know, say, well, back in Annihilation. So, I'll stick with that many. Uh, the, um, the, the one Marvel book that I did read recently, um, it was after, it was after Defenders and right before, um, me getting into, uh, The Eternals number two, I did sit down with Ultimate Fantastic Four Annual number two. And the I figured I'd I'd read it because the last time I read an Ultimate Fantastic Four was the last part, the last issue of the Doom story back in issue twelve, I think. And it looks like I now have a complete Ultimate Mole Man collection <laughs> with with those issues from one through twelve, and now with uh, with this annual because that uh, that's the main villain of the story. Uh, I I decided I get this issue because with Mike Carey writing it, writing the, the main Ultimate Fantastic Four starting uh, starting uh, last month, I figured I'll give the annual a shot just to, you know, get an idea as to what the what to expect. And the the story wasn't wasn't bad. It was you know, I, it, it it reminded me of, of a typical annual back from Marvel's days of yore. Um, it was uh, it was a nice story, nice done in one story where there wasn't you know there are things that they can refer back to later which is nice but uh the the art i like the mole man's flashback sequences i like the uh the art in in those sequences in those panels um Immelman's art at times if it wasn't for the skin tone or the complexion or the coloring on the characters, especially the women, I would not be able to tell the women apart. Especially the two student scientists, um, the blonde, and uh, and I believe the uh, she Indian. And there were a couple of page, a couple of panels there where, if they weren't colored correctly, I wouldn't have been able to tell which woman was which. But and that's and I, I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of his art on Next Wave. I enjoyed his stuff with the. Uh, Legion and it just the art wasn't wasn't horrible by any means. It was still it was a nice story. It's it's just I don't know a lot about the Ultimate FF except for those first twelve issues and their appearances in the Ultimate Warren Ellis trilogy, uh, Nightmare, Extinction, and Secret. So I'm not fully versed in 
the Fantastic Four of the Ultimate Universe. So I'm still getting a feel for Reed and Johnny and, and Sue. And I like Ben. I like Sue because she's not the Sue Storm Richards that we're aware of in the 616 universe. She's a very, very smart, very, um, very, very much more Reed's equal than she is in, uh, in, in the Fantastic Four we're used to, I think. I, like I said, I like Ben. I, I, I'm getting a kick out of, out of the younger Reed. Um, and Johnny's that, that typical, you know, just can be that, that typical annoying kid, you know, be the baby brother, or just, you know, the kid that just keeps popping up. But overall it's, it's a good team. So I am, I, I am glad that I'll, um, I'm looking forward to reading, uh, ultimate fantastic four from, uh, from 33 on. So I think that'll be my next read. Yeah. See, I thought it was really well done. I, I really enjoyed the carefree kind of air it had. I mean, there was never really a sense that the FF were in any kind of danger or the, the kids were, you know, that, that their lives were in danger. But um, the artwork, I think, was really solid. Um, traditionally, art on Marvel annuals has not always been the greatest. I don't think anybody can t- call, you know, Stuart Eminem uh, a schlub. He's, he's, you know, top class. Right. Uh, I, I, I thought it was a, a nice, easygoing read. It was fun. Yeah, you know, I didn't really. Exp- and I, Carrie was very surprising. He seemed to have latched onto the personalities of the characters, you know, really quickly. Because if you compare, um, once you read uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four number thirty-three, it's he's he's got a handle on these characters, which is really good, and he's done oh, it. Excellent. Yeah, pretty quickly, which is cool. Beautiful. Beautiful. There so you go. I'm- um uh so that's that's pretty much my Marvel reads from from uh from our last episode. I mean god I can't believe it's it's Friday already. We're gonna um I do have uh the last few issues of X Factor on the pile. Um and uh and I still have a bunch of stuff from Chicago that was uh that was Marvel related that I have to get to. So I'll um I'll be knee deep in Marvel for a while, no doubt. Yeah, and you'll be a little deeper because tomorrow's Comic Book Day. We're a day we're a day late this week. Yes, we are. This is true. Um, we'll uh, hopefully I'll be able to get to the shop this weekend because the reason I had I, I had so many issues to pick up was because last week was the first time I was there in a few weeks. So, um, you know, the the shop owner knows with my schedule and his schedule that I can't get there. One, every week, um, and he's he's a uh, he's he's a nice enough guy where I can just you know I, I show up when I can, as long as I get my order in on time. I was um, I was a day late a couple months ago, but it wasn't uh, wasn't the end of the world. He was still able to get me everything. So he's you know he's um, he's extremely um, customer service centric. He uh, he knows you know he, and he he seems to you know know what. Um, what it is that I'm 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 interested in, so uh, that that's always a good thing. So, like you said, tomorrow is Comic Book Day. Hopefully, I'll get there this weekend, and um, I can try to uh, get caught up on everything that that I uh, that I need to be caught up on. And I'm curious to know what uh, what your feelings are on the Daily Bugle monthly newspaper. I think it's a neat idea. It uh, harkens back to the Marvel Age magazine a little bit. 
Right. Yeah, right. a little bit. I I think it's a good thing. Um, the, are these they giving these away for free or? We, it look if if I'm looking closely enough on that cover, I think just like the Civil War edition that came out a couple of weeks back, a couple months back, the uh, it's going to be fifty cents. Well, that's I mean, come on, that's cool. What else are you going to spend fifty cents? Right, it's not going to break anybody. Right. I mean, it's it looks like. Um, I mean, it, it's there's. It looks like yeah, chock full of interviews, solicits, a monthly check list of sale titles. So I'm not. It looks like it is going to be something similar to Marvel Age, uh, where the only other uh, the only other alternative would be is if it were an actual Daily Bugle newspaper, where it's you know events going on in Marvel from the eyes of of J. Jonah Jameson. That would be which neat. it. It would be neat. I mean, it would be neat to be a, a flip. Book, a flip bugle where you could uh, you know have one half all about J. Jonah Jameson and his feelings on everything and, and you know Marvel information on the other but right above that I need to ask about this whole Young Guns 06 reload yeah there are a couple of guys on this list that have been doing comics for quite some time I agree Lenel Yu for one I mean, he's he was drawn Uncanny X Men a few years back. He was he's he's worked for a lot of places. And you know, when I hear Young Guns, when I for Marvel to promote, you know, a Young Gun, I'm thinking someone that you know they just grabbed out of a talent pool or just someone who you haven't seen much of. And Marvel saying you know, this guy's going to blow up, but a couple of these names here already have. Right, like uh, Pasquale Ferry, that that's like calling Ron Lim a young guy. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, great. That's <laughs> because I mean that Heroes for Hire series that he did with uh, what was it Stern and Ostrander? That's going was back. Was that Heroes for Hire or was it just Iron Fist? No, I think it was Heroes for Hire. That's going okay. back what close to ten years, and I, he was working on the two hundred nine, two hundred nine nine, the twenty, <laughs> the twenty ninety nine stuff. The world of the world of tomorrow magazine when they consolidated all the titles into one magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. he did that, and uh, Scott Collins also did Heroes for Hire. I okay. think uh, Pascal Ferry lasted about ten or twelve issues on that, maybe, and uh, Scott Collins did one in between there. Yeah, it's now, a it's I'm, a decent enough series. The now, what about Ariel Olivetti? What else has? Uh I know he's doing Punisher War Journal, and I've um, he's done work for the uh, for the guys down the street, right? Yeah. See, when I th- think of Ariel Olivetti, I think of a cover artist, primarily. Yeah, yeah. The man is great with paint. But one name, and maybe maybe this name was under the original Young Guns from a couple of years ago, um, Jim Chung. So. If he wasn't part of the list in 2004, why the hell isn't he on this list? Maybe he pissed in Casada's coffee. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll take Jim Chung over Billy Tan any day. Oh, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. I, Billy Tan, he's decent enough, but he just doesn't... There's nothing there to spark my interest. It looks... No. It remind His style reminds me a little bit too much of the image years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that that scratchy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's very capable, though. But there's really nothing inspired about his work. 
No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and but, I, I mean, and the fact that he's on X Men just blows my mind. I think the uh, good thing about a list like this is it draws attention to artists' work that were may have been overlooked a little bit. Like, you know, so what if Pascal Ferry? Uh, has been working in the business for a while. His, his art is fantastic, and more people should should pay attention. Yes. But uh, I think that the two names on this list, Simone Bianchi and Clayton Crane, uh, I, I'm really surprised every once in a while I'll stumble upon an artist whose style is unlike anything out there. And for two guys to hit at the same time, both of whom have completely unique styles like Simone Bianchi when I saw his work on um, a mini series uh, for the Distinguished Competition one of the Seven Soldiers series I thought he's not going to be working for them for long (laughs) because talk about solid the guy has has a a style that's so organic and um, very very painterly Uh, sometimes his figures they almost look like gesture drawings they're so loose very fluid and then Clayton Crane who who seems to be you know from another dimension altogether yeah, I mean yeah. his stuff is ungodly it's just so detailed and and uh just creepy I mean his his yeah, his I'd, I'd go with creepy his yeah. Spider-Man is just is more than lanky uh, he I I think Clayton Crane was the only reason to buy that Ghost Rider miniseries that hit uh a while back I mean you know Ennis didn't really Kind of phoned it in. Yeah. I didn't avoid that many, but I didn't go out of my way to get it, so I still have not read it. Right. Um, and because of the current Ghost Rider doesn't really tie into it too much, I'm really in no rush to run out and get it. Yeah, it was by the numbers, Ennis. But it did look pretty. You're right. Oh, it was fantastic. Not a lot of meat on them bones. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, as a whole, this list is is really solid. The only one I have any kind of uh, misgivings about is Billy Tan. But Yeah, yeah, that's one big reservation right there. Yeah. And I think maybe the list is a little short. I mean, just, just, just these half dozen guys? Yeah. What about Jim Chung? Get that's him on there. That's right. Oh, what about... Oh, no, but, you know, someone else who's been in the business for ages that should probably be young and on this list. What about Greg Land? You're baiting me. <laughs> Let, let's save that till we get to the page, buddy. <laughs> oh, well, it's only a page away. I know, Tomorrow. but it's, it's going to be worth the wait. <laughs> All right. And uh, now I have not read an issue of Astonishing X-Men. I've heard many, many good things about it, but... Yeah, we need to rectify that. It's, yeah. It's, it's um, a great, great series. See, you say that too, and I just... From what I've read and seen out of the mind of Joss Whedon... I don't know. I, I mean, Buffy did absolutely nothing for me. You, okay, so don't even... That's like that's like saying, wow, Steven Spielberg made E.T. Why am I going to go see Schindler's List? It's You're like, right. It, 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 You're it's right. It's just, this is... Don't have any... You can't go in with any preconceived notion. You, you, okay, you know who the X-Men are. You know who Wolverine is. You know who Cyclops is. You know who White Queen is. You know who Beast and Kitty is. You know who these characters are. You just don't know what Joss can do with them and what's really unique is that you know oh Wolverine's on my X team let me make sure he's in every panel on every page Wolverine's a background character 
you see Logan like occasionally. He's not, you know, he he's not even. I think Hugh Jackman had more lines as Wolverine in the first X Men movie towards the end, where he just, you know, called Cyclops names and things like that. They were just. There's not a lot of Wolverine, so you're not you're not going to buy this book for Wolverine. You're buying this because it's a good story about this team. And speaking of the X-Men movies, there are some of the um, aspects of the first story arc actually played into, um, or they, they used in in the third X-Men movie. Um, every Every issue has been really great to look at, and it's it's a nice read. It's um, it's just it's a different X Men tale. It's not um, slam, wham, boom. You know, nothing crazy, nothing kinetic. It's just it's a nice, um, nice, well written story. Cassidy does a really good job in his rendition of these characters. It's uh, oh, you just, can't you can't knock Cassidy. Oh God, no. No, I that, mean there might be a couple of scenes here and there where someone might look a little stiff, but for the most part, you know, it's they—they've just they and like I mean, well, I see I nothing stiff about that cover. No, that no, cover definitely is sweet. Not. I mean, he draws a great beast. A little um, bit uh, of a, a Frank Quitely vibe coming yes, from that beast. Yes, because it's still that 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 Catman beast, which I'm not familiar with how he. I didn't read the Morrison run, so I don't know about. Um, beast being cat-like. Yeah, one demerit uh, for you, buddy. I know, but the omnibus is coming, right? Oh yeah. So okay. Um, actually, this last one, I'm I'm curious to know. the The last issue I read might have been 14, so I'm a couple behind. Um, I am curious to know how this, how the current storyline, not the one that's going to start in November, but the current storyline. How that plays in with things, because I know this really isn't heavy in the continuity. Like you have X Men and Uncanny X Men, and that is astonishing. They really don't. The other two don't intersect with this at all, so it's kind of on its own. Right. But what did Casada uh, say that uh, this series skirts like between the raindrops? The rain. yeah. Exactly. Because there were some things going on with the White Queen, and in the current story arc that's going on right now where, you know, she's acting a little different than the way she did when she was talking to Tony Stark in Civil War. And I don't know if she plays a part in the current X-Men books, but I, I am, you know, just for what she's doing and how she's acting in this series, you know, I'm sticking around for it because, to be honest, now she's acting like the White Queen I know. And not like the White Queen, and that's like you know why the hell's the White Queen on the X Men? So, and that's the other thing. I don't is is was the White Queen being on the X Men a, a Morrison thing also, or was that happening? Before oh yeah, came on? no, she okay. was a part. Yeah. Okay. So you can tell by the cover and in the first paragraph, you know the first sentence. So that's already kind of spoiled for anybody who didn't read the first twelve issues. But Colossus is back, and hey, I mean if 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 Colossus is is an X-Men again or is alive again then then I have no problems with that. Yeah. What a way to go out though. Yeah, that's true. The only rooms left are my deluxe. Come on, Richard, we'll find another Uh-uh, lady, not tonight. I'm exhausted. I'll just bet. 
That'll be $22.40, including tax. These two young people are Richard Rory and Ruth Hart. Two old friends of yours, man-thing. Well, that was a hassle, wasn't it? I'll see. I'll bet he's a reform school reject. But, you know, I haven't got the energy to argue with him. Not now. Maybe we can go to the carnival tomorrow. Carnival? Sure. See the trucks over there? They must be playing a town around here. Boss, Mr. Garvey, Daryl's gone. Run away. We've got to go after him. We can't lose the show's only clown. And besides, he was terribly upset tonight. I'm afraid of what he might do. Please, Mr. Garvey, if he does something rash, you'll be... Oh! I'll be the boss of this three-ring loony farm, just like before, you hear? And if you don't like it, you can scram. Holy cow, Ruth. Did you see that? Richard, wait. You don't know... Them's your options, Taylor. Either you... Huh? Hold it right there, Buster. Oh, run along, Sonny. You heard the man, Twipe. Scram. See? He's the boss. He's my boss. And I don't like nobody messing with my boss. Oh, boy. No, sir, I don't like it at all. Now, I'd advise you to blow while you still got legs to walk on. It ain't wise to get Trag mad at you twice. Trag? The world's strongest man? Gosh, that's who hit me. Whoever you are, you've got to get out of here. She's right, Richard. Please... Take me with you. Hey, boss. Ayla's leaving, too. Step on it, lover. Trag doesn't look happy about this. In fact, I think he and the boss plan to follow us. I don't care about them. I just want to find Daryl. My poor clown. First, we find another motel. I've got to get to sleep. We can go Clarabelle hunting tomorrow, miss. You haven't told us your name, miss, or why you're looking for a clown. I'm sorry. It's Ayla Prentice. I'm a high-wire artist with the carnival, and I'm trying to keep my clown from destroying himself. You see, I love Daryl, but I betrayed him. He stopped laughing, stopped living, just wanted to die. Stop! Pull over there! That's his car! Sure, okay. There he is, and thank the Lord he's alive! Daryl, I'm here! Daryl! Daryl, what's wrong? Can't you see me? It's Ayla! Why doesn't he answer? He acts as if he doesn't know who I am. Maybe his mind is just totally snapped. That's so. It's my fault. Whoa, where do you think you're going? It's dangerous out there. Let go of me. I have to go after him. It's my fault. He's like this. Richard, look at this. I think it's a suicide note. Ava's not exaggerating. The little guy is in a bad way. To say the least. Okay, then. We go. But slowly. Carefully. Remember, the next log you step on could have teeth. Well, I have ordered 19, so I'm on board from this issue on. For the last story arc? Yeah. Well, better okay. late than never. This is true. Uh, good point. Good I, point. Yeah, I think the uh, first 12 are um, traded in hardcover, aren't they? I uh, I know this. Is, actually, I have the first volume. Volume 1 is gifted. I think that's, the, that's issues 1 through 6. So I know they have the first two stories in two separate trades. Mm-hmm. If it is hardcover, it probably is 1 through 13 or 1 through 12. Yeah. Well, I'll pick that up in a second. Okay. Moving on to Ultimate Fantastic Four, number 36. And I look at these two facing pages and I think <laughs> it's it's pretty ironic that you get the absolute best Marvel has to offer on the left juxtaposed against the absolute worst on the right. You know, it's... Look at Pascal Ferry's art. The, the man can draw the shit out of anything. 
organic yeah. machinery architecture i mean and he has a a style that's so rich i mean there's a the the personal stamp is on everything he draws uh, look at his line his line is so fluid it just it just seems to flow from the guy and then you got greg land you know well, i don't know let's see that's that, that that's who's who's portraying invisible girl there that's um is that like uh, jenna jenna jameson <laughs> probably like, trace um, trace 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 sue's booty <laughs> Tracy's booty. <laughs> thank really? you very much. I can sing the rest of the song for you, but I won't. Oh, oh thank you. Um, no, I not. I mean, the guy probably is very serious about his art, and he's a human being with feelings. But I don't think he's suited for the job. He's not a sequential artist. I mean, if you want to put him on a cover, great. He can handle that. But in terms of a flow and a, and a readability and doing things um, in a manner that will, you know, entice the reader to, to experience what go, what goes on on the page. I don't see it. I mean, many times I've tagged uh, an image he's done and immediately the reference image pinged into my mind and it just ripped me right out of the story. I believe it. You know, I mean, reference is very important for an illustrator, but if it if it pulls the reader out of the story and if it becomes a crutch where you know you rely on it to the point where it saps the soul out of your work uh w- what good is it it's 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 i don't i don't see why this man is as popular as he is it just boggles my mind absolutely right you know right. i have his autograph Oh, that's right. On yeah. The from Wizard World. Yes. When uh, Chris and Sean took great pains to get me that autograph. And um, I guess Chris it's... Chris and Sal. Yeah, Chris and Sal. Sean? Who's Sean? Um, <laughs> the the uh, I guess it took a lot longer than they had planned because when they were at Greg Land's booth, uh, he had to leave to go get his light box so he can trace his signature. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million of them. Oh man, and they're all about him. <laughs> no, oh, um, yeah, nothing personal, but stop, stop, stop doing, book. stop doing the sequential art. It's but at least, at least this this covers a homage to uh, a Gil Kane piece of art. Homage. So, I mean, at least. Well, it says you know, Land and Ryan after Gil Kane and Dave Cockrum. So yeah. Well, I was, uh, you know, we trolled the boards with the best of them. And there was a couple comments on Ultimate Fantastic Four number 33, which recently came out, about um, Pasquale Ferry's art. A couple guys said, you know, the art's just not doing it for me. I'm not feeling it. And that, my head almost exploded because I, I can't fathom how anyone could look at this magnificent art and not come away from it saying that, hey, you know, this guy's got his shit together, especially when you look back on the issue before. You know, it's like Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. It's just, Pasquale Ferry, man, I'd take a bullet for you, buddy. <laughs> I would. The man is a master, and, and it, you know, so young, too. I got, I got a question, though, about this Ultimate Power cover. What's that? And I, I prob- I'm going to probably be getting this series because I'm interested in seeing how Bendis writes oh, Squadron I, Supreme. Yeah, I'm getting it myself. But why is um, 
First of all, that that's a horrible looking Zarda or Power Princess. Um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of which actress that's supposed to be. But Arcana <laughs> is. I, sh- I should have a snare drum. <laughs> 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 the um, the and and it looks like shape back there. It looks like one of the guys from our gang. The Arcana, why? What's with the Black Canary sonic scream she's doing there? She doesn't have to open her mouth to do anything. To fly. Well, not to, at least as far as her powers. Maybe go. she's and waiting for me. Hey. <laughs> no, you know what it was? He he removed the uh, the member coming oh. coming in from the side of the the screen cap. No. Oh, okay. We got to lighten up. We got to lighten up <laughs> on the guy. You know, and and lighten up. That's a good. That's a good thing. If you know, if he just lightens up, loosens himself to the point, you know he's got the chops because he's proved it on Nightwing. The guy can do it, but recently he seems to have fallen into this trap where the reference has become the, you know, instead of a means to an end, it's the be all and the end all. Yeah, and uh, I'd I'd like to see him, you know, loosen up. Let's see what he can do. You're right. You're right. I agree with that. And I saw that one cover where Thor was uh, mystically floating above the White House. I thought it was a woman. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was. Just... Maybe it wasn't the original reference. <laughs> let, let, let's leave Mr. Land alone for a little while. Moving right along. We, we don't need a whipping boy. We are a celebration of all things Marvel. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's good Come on. Bad. Yeah. And uh, now we're on Marvel Spotlight on Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. Now, I have never uh, investigated the Spotlight series until yesterday. I took a, uh, a look through the Brubaker one with Billy, okay. with Billy Tan. There's a lot of information in these books. There, there's interviews and profiles, and you, know, you get some sample art from the, uh, the artist half. But I'll tell you, the, the uh, Brubaker one is really good. I, they must be at least a 10-page interview with the guy. And it's not, you know, maybe like a paragraph on a page. Those pages are loaded. Wow. Yeah. I was very okay. surprised because I just thought, you know, they were puff pieces, little blow-off things that Marvel put out just to keep the names out there. Mm-hmm. But, no, they, they seem to be putting a little bit of work into these things. And, and I just love that, that Mark Bagley uh, Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man 100 cover. That is so, <laughs> so sweet. Are there a hundred Spider-Men on there? I don't know. I don't know. And and the thing about the covers for Ultimate Spider-Man, I think the key to the success of those things is, well, naturally, Bagley, because he's so damn good, but Richard Eisenhoff, if yeah. if there ever was a person that could make someone look even better, it's Eisenhoff. Like he, he, to me, I, he's the same thing as Terry Austin. Whenever Terry Austin hit pencils, they became... Even even better, you know, Isenov can make anybody look fantastic. He just has an amazingly organic style where you know, everything looks perfect, and 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 it's just the colors he he chooses, like like Maury Hollowell. The okay. you know what I mean? He's a key element to the success of 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 those covers, like like Maury is with Civil War. Right. Yeah. I mean, Maury's just fantastic. The guy's so underrated. He should be a household name. Yeah. It's such, and so should Isenov. The guy's great. And if you're not reading Ultimate Spider-Man, you damn well should be. Because it's really good. And it's a Bendis book. So you know <laughs> I, I, I'm pushing it because it's good. Not for the name. Okay. Okay. Like I said before, um, 
his Peter Parker and Mary Jane are very, very real characters. He's taken them to the point where they've um, developed to the point where the 616 Peter, Peter Parker and Mary Jane are. They're you know three-dimensional, real characters. He's got a lot of stuff going on in that book. And uh, 100 issues from the same creative team is nothing to sneeze at. No, this is true. This is true. Yeah, and I do have I have the I have an oversized Barnes and Noble edition of Ultimate Spider-Man. I don't know if that's like the first five hardcovers or first five trades. I, I'm not sure what the story consists of. It's it's the first couple dozen books, I believe. So I I do still have to get past like the third issue. I haven't I've read up to that point. Put the book down because damn thing's heavy, and uh, it's still on my bookshelf. I just haven't made my way back over to it yet. Yeah. I have a couple of the trades, but mostly uh, singles for that. Because I can't wait. Okay. It's it's one of those books where you just, you know, you have to read the next one. Okay. Especially now with the, with the Clone Saga. There's developments going on that are really cool. And I, cool. I can't wait to see how they play out. And for the record, I, I was a fan of the original Clone Saga. I, I liked every minute of it. The original uh, the Im- Clone Saga from the seventies, or from um, the yeah, uh, well, starting with the Professor Warren thing around right. one forty-two, was it one forty-three around there? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just the whole thing. I thought it was very interesting. And then Ben Riley was a great character, and it's a shame that they kind of buckled onto uh, under the the reader uh, outcry and. And ended that thing because I, I would have liked to have seen them, you know, keep Ben around in okay. some in some capacity. You know, he didn't have to be in the book every month, but just keep him around. You know, sure. Okay. Sense. Yeah. Now we have Ultimate Vision. And since I did not get the issues where this storyline was a backup feature, I'll probably get Ultimate Vision Zero. And not only because it'll set everything up for a the miniseries the month after. But because it's art by John Romita Jr. You betcha. You know, best in the business. And I'm looking at that cover and I'm thinking, you know, why would a why would a robot need to worry about gender? You know, I mean the vision, although he's very masculine and not very masculine, but masculine in form he was he always had that adro- androgynous vibe coming from him yeah you know that there's metal boobies on that thing you mm-hmm. know i just don't get it uh and the hip sticking out and the i just gonna say that you know it, it almost looks like uh tentacle porn you know or the beginning of tentacle porn it's, going on it's there. a cover that looks like it belongs on heavy metal um well let's not cut Brando short because he's he's damn good some of those heavy metal covers those Luis Royo covers ugh, uh-huh. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't use them for toilet paper but um yeah that I mean, that's a decent enough cover I just don't get the whole why make the vision a woman because she's a vision <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a play on words there you know sell that sell that concept hey I'm working it in come on <laughs> Well, we'll just have to see how it pans out. Right. Because I didn't read those. I skipped them. I don't even know if... Because I wasn't um, buying all of the Ultimate titles, so I I, I didn't even bother with uh, 
reading it, but now I can, which is cool. It's a good thing they're doing this. Yes. Always good. And I'm sure uh, she will appear in Warren Ellis' next Ultimate Project. Right? Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, don't doubt it. I mean, well, going back to the Fantastic Four, it says this, this issue like leads into next year's Ultimate Event. So if um, yeah. if Ellis is writing that, then uh, then I'm sure he'll uh, he'll want to use Division. And, you know, you really can't go wrong with Mark Millar. No, no. No, and that, and that's the way Paul Jenkins uh, pronounced it in Chicago. So I'm sticking with it. That's Mil- right. Millar. Uh, you know, even if Miller, even if Millar says it's Miller, I'm going with the drunken guy I sat across the table from, <laughs> than the guy whose name it actually is. <laughs> that's right. And and here's the reason why I didn't read all the Ultimate Visions was because I don't get Ultimate X Men. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> we sound like Bill Murray. <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> and and I sure as hell didn't read Ultimate X Men seventy five because well no see I don't know if we want to get into the whole Michael Turner cover bashing thing so I'm going to move along yeah let's do that skip Ultimate X Men if you enjoy it good for you Kirkman's a fantastic writer but That's I'm not right. I'm not getting it that cover's pretty neat though with the Wolverine and Cable is that who that is that's that's oh Ultimate Cable I, see, I see the arm yeah 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 he doesn't have the uh, He's got the glowing eye, he's got the scar, just not in this picture. But as the three young people forge cautiously into the tepid waters of your home, two somewhat more sinister figures race along the Swampside Highway in pursuit. Sure, I'm sure they took this road. I think. You think? Ha! You don't know how, Trag. Oh, boss, I try. Hey, boss, look at Up the road, there. It's the clown. the truck's gas tank explodes on impact and the vehicle becomes a nova bright inferno and the little clown stands watching gleefully Far away. Voices. It sounded like trash. Didn't hear anything. Are you sure? No. It's hard to be sure of anything in here. I didn't realize it would be this dark. There were so many little sounds, so many shadows. That's no shadow, it's some kind of And so, not suspecting that the man they seek to save is already dead, they 
inch deep through dense swamp growth toward the spot where you stand. A hunk of earth you've chosen for the man's final resting place. And when they push aside the last clump of green, when they see the clown's limp body and the heavy branch in your mottled hand, Ava draws the logical but wrong conclusion and panics. Heedless of the seeming danger you present, she rushes to the side of her fallen friend. Daryl, wake up! It's, it's Ayla! Daryl! Oh, no! He's dead! Dead! You can feel this woman's deep sorrow. Your own head bows. But then, another powerful emotional force makes you whirl, startled. How, how could you? I'd almost come to think of you as human. But now, get out! Get out of here, Royal! Anger, aimed directly at you, emanating from a man you assume to be your friend. Why? What did you do? Why does he loathe you so? You cannot reason, and even if you could, you lack the vocal mechanism with which you might explain to them their error. So you merely skulk away. Once you have gone, tears flow copiously. All right, amazing Spider Girl. I didn't read any of the other hundred issues. Yeah, I didn't either, but there's something about it that makes me want to read it. It might be the Friends art. I think so. I think so. I, you know, I, I looked at that and I had to look twice because I almost thought it was Sal Basima. If you, yeah, I know, yes. If, yeah, if you look hero. at... Yeah, but if you look at the, the woman and the child behind, yep. that that's, looks like yes. Sal's work. Really, you think? Yeah. Oh, you, you know why, though? I'm thinking... And this is going to get me into a rant, so I really don't even want to get into it right oh, now. Oh, go down the road. I'll bring I, you back. Go ahead. I bet you this is inked by Sal. And you would never know that by reading a Marvel solicitation, because God forbid they tell you who the hell's inking a comic book these days. Right. And man, if that don't piss me off something awful. But I do believe that Sal's been inking Mr. Friend's on the Spider-Girl stories for a while now. So, you know what? I bet you in two months, two and a half months, in three months, we'll um, we'll see in the credits if this is a Ron and Sal cover and if, uh, and if Sal does the inks on the interiors because I do, I can definitely see Sal's hand. Um, I, I see Ron. I see Ron friends, especially in, in the female's face in the back there. But I can I, I I can see inks by Sal on this cover. I really like Ron Friends's work too. He he takes me back. Oh yeah. And that's oh, yeah. that's a pretty that's probably the best compliment I can give anybody. He, he takes me back to the Bronze Age, which is really good. I, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And you know what? Now that you mention it, they don't list colorists either. I just and and I specifically went to the Civil War page to uh, see if Maury was listed, and he's not. And no, he's not. that is a crime. Because yeah, I mean, it, and it's so it's you can't even tell me that if they're even going to say if they even tried to say something along the lines of, well, you know, it's okay if the anchor's not listed mm-hmm. because the colorist can kind of fill in where the anchor leaves off. Well, okay, that's fine, but the colorists aren't even getting any credit in these solicitations either. If, right. if you didn't write it, or pencil as in layout, or just establish the way the page is going to look. You're not getting credit in these solicitations. I'm just begging, just please don't forget about the anchors. Just give the anchors some credit. Right. Now, the colorist, yeah, we know that, they, that they've been doing a lot. They've been going above and beyond over the years, and there's no doubt about it. And if they... I'm, I'm, I don't want to slight any colorist. They're great at what they do, or color artist, or however you want 
to to give their profession a title. I, I have no problem with that. I just pencilers and inkers have been a team since I've been reading comics for so long. It's always been pencils and inks by and if you knew a penciler, you pretty much knew the anchor that they were generally teamed up with, and it just, it was one team, and you always said it. It would say written by, and then it would say art by, and it would have both names, or it would say pencils and inks by, and have both names, and it's just, for whatever reason, nowadays, they're just like, no, you know, the penciler does his thing, and then he scans the pages in, and then we get them, and then they ship them out to the anchor, or mail them to the anchor, or email them to the anchor, and then the anchor does it, so it's all digital, and it's still being inked, though. You can't tell me it's not. Right. And not to slight um, McNiven and Vines, but Maury Hollowell is the real star of Civil War. I don't, you know, you can you can claim differently, but when I look at that art, that color just screams out. Just the, the texture and the, the, uh, the workmanship he puts into it, it's incredible. It's for me, right. anyway. I think that book is all Maury. No, the... Uh his 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 colors have do really make that book. I oh, mean yeah. the, the the pages are great. But and you know what and, and, and it's inter- and you said it too. You said McNiven and Vines. Now, if you just looked at this solicitation, how the hell would you know Dexter Vines had anything to do with this book? Because I'm intelligent. <laughs> well we know that. <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't know because his name's not there. Come on, hey. Marvel, get get with the program here. I'm begging you. Please. Bet you if Terry Austin inked the book, you'd see his name on there. Oh. How about that? Oh, man. I mean, he's probably going to come back now with uh, Claypool going under. He was doing work for them. Yeah, yeah, but he was doing work also recently for um, for the other guys because uh, he did a uh, he inked Marshall Rogers on a Batman story. Ah. So he has he has been out and about. Yeah, who reads those books? <laughs> Nobody right. would taste a glass. Here we sure. go. Amazing Spider-Man, 538. I'm uh, getting it. You betcha. Ron Garney. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's amazingly talented. And th- the uh, transgressions, I think, Straczynski made with the whole Gwen thing. You know, you got to overlook stuff like that, too. I mean, I'm not going to let something like that squelch my enjoyment of a book that comes out a year or two later. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I like where he's going with this. I like the whole Peter and Tony relationship that's going on. and the Well, you, since day one, Peter's wrestling with the fact that maybe he's doing the wrong thing. and it, it's, it's typical Peter Parker. He's unsure, and, and that's how Peter should be. When Peter gets too confident, he's not Peter. Okay. To me, anyway. Right, right, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, because it's that's true. That's true. Because even though he's still married to MJ, there's still that doubt. There's still that you know, how the hell did I get this? And you're and, right. And there's always been tragedy in Peter's life, even when things went well. Something always happened to knock him down. It's that's he's he's you know the, the everyman of the Marvel universe. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I I, I like what uh, Straczynski's doing on this. I did read the uh, the first few trades when uh, Straczynski and, and Ramita Jr. were on the book. And I think I have the first four. And I, I did. I enjoyed it all. So there was the, the, the Ezekiel storyline. And, and there was some good stuff there. Um, and actually, yeah, I have all the trades with the, with the J.R. Jr. art. 
and then when Diodato Jr. came on, I didn't get those. Tra- I haven't read those trades yet because I'm just not a big fan of his. You and me both. Uh, he will be able to get to him soon enough. Right. He's coming up. Next page is Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 14, written by the... Yeah. It's a, it's a fun book. Are you reading it? I, I have the... Um, I read the first issue, and I have the others because of the other storyline, and I have all 12 issues of the other story that I still have to read. Um, and I've gone back, I think, to a couple of Friendly Neighborhood issues and picked them up to so I can still read it after the other, but I haven't... Uh, I haven't read it since that, since that initial first issue. I think that was a major blunder on Marvel's part. To, yeah. Yeah, to start off uh, a new Spider-Man series in the midst, well, in the midst of a crossover, right? And uh, I don't know, I just think it uh, maybe didn't launch as big as it could have. Right. And, you know, right. and you tell Peter David, you know, you're going to start off your series with this crossover. I mean, who wants to do that? I'm, I mean, I'm sure he, he had, had plans for the character where he was. You're right. Absolutely. And, I mean, at least he got to do the first part of the event. So at least he can kind of, you know, he wasn't. it wasn't like his was the second or third issue in where he was, here's this story. Now this is a story that you have to tell, like, you're being wedged in. He can, he can still kind of do something in his own voice as far as the character. Um, and then he was able to kind of continue that because he wrote, the first three issues of the storyline. So he wrote Friendly and Amazing and Sensational for that month. The next month, I believe, was Hudlin. And then the following month, Straczynski did the three issues. And then I guess they each did their own for their own title. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he kind of had, at least he was able to do something with um, as far as telling his story that he wanted to within the confines of, of this event. No, in, in recent issues... Peter David threw kind of a curveball in. There's a there was a time travel story and an alternate uh, reality version of one of the long lost cast members of the Amazing Spider-Man comes back, and it will freak you out what happens. So I, I won't say anything else because you'll probably read it. Um, but it's 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 weird, and it's not it hasn't been resolved yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm there. All right, I'll cool. put that up. And then we have Sensational Spider-Man. I can't get off this cover. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a hot-looking Mary Jane. I can almost see Madame Mary Jane's pants. Yeah. That's and I'm, I'm digging her hair. I love it when someone actually takes the time to do all that to the hair. Yeah. But, I mean, now look I at that. Have... That's just so out of this world. It's, like, unlike anybody. I do have a question, though. What's that? This is a... This is the first of three done-in-one stories focusing on the women in Peter Parker's life. Obviously, Mary Jane in this issue. I'm sure Aunt May. Who's the third? Who am I missing? Um, okay. Maybe the right, black... I wasn't sure if there was the, something that, Well, uh, the black cat has been showing up a lot lately. And she is in Heroes for Hire now, so... Okay. That would I be could. smart to push her. Yeah. The uh, There was a recent five-part uh, story... Where she appeared in Sensational, so okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I would guess it would be Black Cat. And oh, what the um, what are what I honed in on on this uh, friendly neighborhood issue was one, Deb Whitman, 
The Return of Peter Parker's Old Flame, Deb Whitman. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that name since Peter Parker. It's been a long time. And secondly, the artist by, or the pencils are by Scott Eaton. Is, uh, is Ringo no longer on the, uh, on the book? Well, if you look through this catalog, and we'll, prob- and we'll get to it, Ringo's working on a lot of things simultaneously. Yeah, he's doing some covers here and there. Yeah, so uh, I don't think the guy has enough hours in the day to work on everything. Well, I mean, if if he did work on the first 12, see, even... Well, say, 12, even 12 13 issues, with, that's not a bad that, run. That's a run. So, yes, I mean, that's 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 kind of par for the course nowadays. So, yeah, so I, could, I guess, you know, after 12, maybe and he did... Uh, he doesn't seem like one to jump around because he did a nice chunk of uh, Fantastic Four, too. With oh, I love with those Mark Ray, they they get to meet Jack Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm I'm totally lost on this, these next two pages. Yeah, so I'm not even. Although although the Spider-Man family featuring Spider-Clan kind of sounds interesting because I picked up the um, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends one shot from uh, last month. And that had Spider-Man, Firestorm, and uh, Firestorm, Firestar, and uh, and Iceman from the '80s cartoon. Mm-hmm. And there were there was there was the main story featuring those three heroes. There was a reprint of an untold tales of Spider-Man story by um, by Kurt Busiek as the writer. And there was a Spider-Man 2099 reprint of issue number two. What's neat about this Spider-Man family featuring Spider-Clan one-shot is this picks up with a reprint of Spider-Man 2099 number three, so I'll be able to reread those stories that I lost so long ago just by getting these one-shots. And I, I, Although I am not a big Scotty Young fan, so yeah, stay on I the am. shelf. I, I love Scotty Young's work. Okay, That uh, New Warriors series he did, pissed a lot of people off because it wasn't the typical New Warriors style. Right, well, sc- right. screw them. That book was really solid. He's, he's got a, a great, lighthearted style to him, and it's, it's, I think it's a joy to look at his stuff. But the thing that gets me about this book, where I'm a big sucker for Spider-Man 2099, uh, I think the only new material that we're going to get, other than the reprint, is the cover. Uh, if if Scotty Young, if, if C.B. Sabolsky somehow injected Spider-Man 2099 into whatever the new story of this volume is, I would buy it. No, it, it, yeah, it's basically it, the main story, which is Peter Parker is the last survivor of a secret ninja group known as the Spider-Clan, or so we thought. So that, that main story is is new material. Then you'll have a reprint of Spider-Man 2099 number three, and Amazing Spidey 252, which is what the first appearance of the black costume. Right, and and see, I I have uh, both of those, and and Marvel Shadows and Light number two, the date, whichever whatever book that is. Yeah. So, the main story is is the, it's like the old, um, eighty page giants. Yeah. That, uh, that the other company used to put out, and that's a good you thing. Know, and yeah, you'd have the one story, and then you'd have the reprint. So. But a lot of those reprints were kind of standalone, thundered one stories. Whereas this is part of another. Like I said, you had twenty ninety nine number two in the last one shot, mm-hmm. and that left off to be continued. And I don't know if number three went into number four, or if number three ended the story. But um, 
you know, if, if you don't look for those back issues, then you either wait for the next one shot or you just don't finish the storyline. Right. That would be my only gripe with, with, with the setup, but it's still, it's, and I do, you know what, I, I do like the cover. So, I mean, and you can't judge a book by its cover, so I do, I, I don't want to just dismiss, no pun intended, I don't want to <laughs> just, just dismiss the book because I, I don't want to say I'm not a big fan of Scott Ian. He did a, um, didn't he, wasn't there a Human Torch miniseries he did also? Yeah, I think that was an originally an ongoing, wasn't it? Oh, you think? I think, yeah. Okay. That next wave stuff, wasn't it? No. No, I don't think it was part of that. It was it was a pretty much a uh, standalone, just, I thought it was a regular, just four-issue mini. It came out at the same time that Namer series came out. And that was, oh, that wasn't that part of, like, Tsunami? That's the one. The tsunami See, line. next wave, Tsunami. I'm I'm in the ballpark. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, you know, monsoon, <laughs> uh, rainforest. <laughs> but the thing I like is that Spider-Man 2099 absolutely refuses to go away. And that's yeah. that's uh, that's a great thing. That should thing. be their next animated movie. Oh, that would be so good. He yeah. he's he's in the Exiles. They're reprinting stuff in these occasional Spider-Man books and Peter David did a phenomenal job with that character. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I didn't believe the Man-Thing was capable of this. In fact, it still strikes me as odd that I could face him down so easily. Unless... I never told him how I felt. I'm so ashamed. Oh, wow! How could I have been so blind? Ayla, look. He's been shot. The monster didn't kill him. But that's impossible. We didn't hear any gun go off. And we just saw Daryl alive a few minutes ago. Didn't we? You know, I'm beginning to wonder about that. So am I. We all saw something back there. But what? A ghost, maybe? Come on, Ruth. Under the circumstances, isn't that a little bit morbid? Nice try, twerp. Play acting that clown's dead to protect them from me. Trag! Come on, clownsy. Stand up and get beat to death like a man, you hear? Stop it, Trag! You can't kill a corpse. Trag, I said stop it! You said... Why should the world's strongest man care like you, sir? Perhaps you are the reason Trag should care. For despite your puzzlement at his earlier outburst, you still know Rory as a good man. Who's the luck in the gorilla suit? And Trag's assault upon him enrages you. Whoever he is, he ain't on my side. So he must be on yours. So? He's a blasted living slime figures that's gonna stop me. This is a challenge for me. I know I can take any man, but a monster, that's something new. I sliced right through him. He has torn from you some small bits of your being, yet still you stand to all appearances unharmed. I tore into you, ripped you apart, and you didn't even feel it. You are waiting for one reaction, fear. For if this man or any man fears you, your very touch can burn his flesh to ashes. But Trag is not afraid, only amazed. He attacks again. But this time, it is your strength which prevails. And in the absence of fear, you resort to other, even more brutal means to destroy your foe. But the memories return once more. The visions of needless, wanton slaughter. And though your instincts advise you otherwise, you allow him to live. And as you make that choice, the most bizarre event of this night occurs. Holy leaping! 
What is it? What's happening to him? Or is it happening to us? Are we all losing our minds? The warm night air has suddenly turned chill. As you stare along with the humans at the skeletal specter that has risen from Daryl's lifeless shell. What are you? What do you want? Why? I want to make you laugh. I want smiles and guffaws and grins and good cheer. And most of all, peace. What does any clown want but to make people happy? But I could not go on making others laugh when all I felt inside was pain. When the love I gave was not returned. But now... My soul is free. I shall feel mortal pain no more. And so I can laugh, laugh forever. <laughs> you look and listen to the specter of a clown before you. And all that you know, Man-Thing, is that never has laughter made you feel so sad. But here's, here's a name I couldn't believe on the next page. Who did the interior art on this Avengers Next mini? Ron Lim. How about that? He's a young gun, isn't he? Uh, he should be. <laughs> He's only been in the business for, what, 25 years? And, you know, Infinity Gauntlet. That was, what, yesterday, right? Yeah, not a big fan. Not a fan of Ron Lim? No, not especially. I appreciate his talent, but he never really did anything for me. He was a really good Silver Surfer artist because he, re- he made him awfully shiny. Oh, yeah. The thing that disappointed me about the the Silver Surfer series way back was uh, Marshall Rogers. Now I remember yeah. I remember Marshall oh. Rogers from the, by who? Terry Austin. Ding That's ding ding. Right. Now that work was incredible. And then when yeah. I got the first issue of Silver Surfer, it was like there's something missing here. You know, it, it seemed like just the just a skeleton of 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 what he the man was capable of. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know, but I stuck with it as as usual. Uh, I can't get away from the cosmic heroes. I just love them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and written by Tom DeFalco, so you know uh, it'll be in the spirit of the uh, the Mighty Marvel Manor. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That was really corny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it came out of my lips. I'm like, what in the hell am I saying this for? <laughs> All right, Annihilation number four. I'm there. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna continue with the series. What the hell? I'm not. Um, I'm not really, you know, rocking to the covers. But I'm. I'm. In, I think I, the the interiors. I think the last time I saw Devito's art was on uh, was on the last was in Thor Disassembled, the last few issues of the Thor ongoing, and I thought I I really enjoyed it. Nice, sturdy, strong line. It was. It was. It, it was more than competent. It was just it, it did a great job and there wasn't it wasn't dirty, it wasn't um wasn't scratchy. It it was it was a little beefier, but it, it was a little reminiscent to me of John Bushima. Wow, that's a compliment. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I mean I, I think that Bushima's definitely an influence on him. I see I a little bit of uh, Starlin in his art too. Yeah, just a, yeah, just a, a tad. Little, yeah, a little, um, like a taller Starlin. Starlin had a way of. I, I, I picture Starlin, and no offense to Matt Kramer, I, I picture when when I when I envisioned someone explaining a, a Starlin character, I either picture, I either picture bow-legged, or um, or someone who just got off a horse. Did like no the um, 
they have like duck feet. The way they kind of just the feet are just awfully. There's something in their stance, but everybody seems short and stocky. Whereas with Devito, everybody felt taller, like they were standing upright. Right. I think you lost a friend. No, but (laughs) (laughs) and 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 Stalin's a complete badass man. Oh yeah, like he just got out of Oz. Devito, I think, got a little bit of a rocky start at CrossGen. I don't know if if that was his uh, initial series with Mystic, but uh, I wasn't very impressed. But I was with the first edi- issue of uh, Annihilation. I thought he did a solid job. Okay. It uh, it it was perfectly suited to the cosmic. Beautiful. Yeah. And did you get the um, the lead-ins to Annihilation? No, I did not. Oh, they, I was going to pick them up in Chicago, but they didn't have them all. They were all great. Really? Um, yeah, if um, if I had to pick, I would go with um, Super Scroll as the best of the. F- no uh, kid. Yeah, and it was the one I I didn't think I would like, but it had a a wicked twist ending. I I never you know I didn't see it coming, and you know in the uh, the art had a an air of like a street artist to it. It was um, almost I don't even know if this is a word, but it was graffiti esque. You know, okay. like with uh, it was very loose and almost as uh, it was like almost like something you would see scrawled across the side of a building, you know, in in one of the cities. It, it was really neat, and um, yeah, they were all very good. Um, Nova, who is a character that that I just can't seem to get away from, uh, was really good. Uh, Ronan, they were they were all solid. There there wasn't a stinker in the bunch. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And um, moving on to, uh, we got a handbook, which I'm not getting. Right. Although I am getting one handbook, but it's not this one. And uh, Agents of Atlas, number four. It gets uh, Brian Salazar's seal of approval. Well, that's an... I I haven't read it yet. I read the first one. Yeah. It didn't didn't rock my world. Leonard Kirk's art is is great, but... uh, and it does have a monkey in it, Tom. So I guess that would be be a reason to get it. But I don't know. I just don't want to invest in it when there's so many other books out there I could be reading. Like there, you redeemable Ant Man, which I'm definitely getting. Oh hell yeah! Because Phil Hester's a, a phenomenal uh, talent. I just I I love his he work. Is. He is. I mean, and and you know, I always enjoyed Ant Man, especially like if he appeared in the Micronauts, and and I. I think I, I did enjoy the Scott Lang Ant-Man over the Hank Pym. Um, this one seems like a, a completely different take. It looks like it's going in a different direction, so I'm on board for yeah. that. And and I, I hate to, you know, bring it bring it down, but, uh, you know, you hear Phil Hester, and who's the name you always hear with it? Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> Close. If 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 by Alice Cooper you meant Andy Parks, you're right. That's right. And his name's not even there. But you know he's inking the man on this book. It's like God damn it. He, uh, Why you gotta just... be hating like that? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be positive. Positivity. Yeah, well, you're right. I positively don't see his name listed here as an inker. And it should be. If I mean, if they just you know scooch that text box over a little bit and put another line in there, just a little bit. How much? I mean, they don't even have to put another line. 
you know? No, right after it. Drop the point size down, put it all on one line, that'll be all right. And it's not like it's just, and and I don't think Phil's even just doing the cover on his own. Even if, like, even if it was pencils and cover, and the cover was only by Phil Hester, then maybe I could kind of try to buy this one. Like, hey, we're not really sure who's going to ink it this month. But don't give me that BS, man. Yeah. This ain't your daddy's aunt, man. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) That's what I'm getting from it. But and, to bring and it I, back up a notch, we'll go back. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, Dwayne McDuffie on and beyond. Right, and just to go back to Ant Man for a second. Oh, fine. Because while you're digging, I'm going to dig too. I, oh, good. I bet my last dollar that this bug series will beat the shit out of the other company's bug series, which stinks on ice. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. I don't know. You like ants more than Beatles? This one I do. Yeah. Okay. I invested. Eighteen bucks, in in the other bug, and what do I get at the end of eighteen bucks? The suit is extraterrestrial in origin. No shit. (laughs) You can't tell that by reading the damn thing. Whatever, you know. I (laughs) I I am yeah. Forget it. Forget about it. All right, you're right. Dwayne McDuffie. So good to see that name back. Oh yeah. Oh, and Scott Collins, another guy I take a bullet for. And and Medusa's seen better days. It looks like on this cover. Yeah, and, she's she's taking a little nap. She's refer, you know replenishing herself. Well, I don't know if she's taking a nap or if she's getting thrown about because no, she's, she's got yeah. De- Deathlock and uh, Craven fighting down there. And uh, I wonder where the Wasp is for uh, for for old Hank here to be uh, putting the moves on uh, Firebrand over here. Look at him. He's a player. He's, and and I I do like Collins art or Collins or however oh, you want to pronounce his I, name. I, yeah, but here just looks a little bit looks a little too loose. Oh, it looks I, like I, he's just really expecting someone to just come in and, and make sure all the lines connect. And if you really study the man's art, he does not use a whole lot of blacks, and and to get that kind of definition out of that few lines I mean a lot of the credit goes to the color is true but I mean he's precise you know there's there's not too much that's wasted in there no you're right you're right although I mean I, I guess I'm comparing and maybe you know I'm not jumping to conclusions I don't want to say you know maybe it was rushed maybe there was something else going on I just I'm I have the first Marvel team up trade and, and that that work looks a lot cleaner a lot tighter than than this I think his uh, in the issues that came out so far of the Beyond, that to me looks more like his flash work than, say, that Avengers Mightiest Hero series he did, which okay. was really good. But he seemed to take a little bit of a a departure from the the, the style that he had on the Flash, okay. and it's you know you could tell it's all done by the same guy, but it it didn't seem as intricate. This to me seems more along the lines of that. And and it's got Deathlock. Yeah. How could you say no to Deathlock? You can't. They'll kick your ass. Pewter, get me a beer. (laughs) 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 Hey, and look at this. We just mentioned it, and here it is. Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes uh, 2. I think I'm going to pass on this, even if it's written by Joe Casey, whose work I I really like. I'm just going to wait till this gets traded, and then I'll take a look at it and see if it's... uh, And I'll... 
I'll I'll wait till it gets traded because they'll probably reoffer or resolicit or relist the first story that you were just talking about that I oh, yeah. read. Yeah. Although covers by Dave Johnson, what the hey? Yeah. It's that's a, a very um That's an that's, un Johnson Lee Johnson. It is. It 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 actually it looks that Hawkeye kind of looks like Collins in the cleaner, tighter stages that I was just talking about. And look at the line work on the Black Panther. Now, the Black I, Panther and the Vision. If you hold Vision's hand, look at Vision's right hand. Who does that hand remind you of? It's a Kirby hand. Yes, it is. Now, if you hold your hand over the color part and just look at the line work on the Black Panther, the the on the white, whose line work does that look like? That looks like um, oh wow, uh, oh crap. The um, <laughs> I know you're thinking it. Oh, damn it! Finish it. Looks like Frank oh. Cho, doesn't it? Yes. Thank you. There oh, you go. Man. Yes. See, I know how you think. Yes. And and that's yeah, a compliment yes. if there ever was one. Not so wow. much in the in the part where he's holding the bow, but that that whole Black Panther elbow and that the four. That yes. look, that's Cho. Yes, it is. Thank you. My God. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh, we work so well together. Yes, we do. Now we have Black Panther, number 22. Wearing some funky Shogun Warrior-looking stuff. Yeah. And I'm surprised there's not a pow in the little... It looks like there should be, <laughs> especially with that with that burst right there. Yeah. Oh, man, take me back. Yeah, uh, I'm passing on that, only because I read the uh, Black Panther trade... That um, I you uh, recommend? What did you recommend, or did I just pick it up you, because you, of the you John? Grabbed it. I, you and I were. I wanted to read it. I probably still will. Right. But so you didn't figured, recommend it. No, I told you to take it. Yeah. We we were both looking at it, but I. I See, I I, I latched onto it because it's John Romita Jr. God yes, Among Men, did. and uh, I read it. It was a little bit too Chuck D for me. You know, really? a little bit too. Agenda ridden. Okay. I think. And and that's not a bad thing. I mean you're you know, right what you know. But like a Spike Lee movie? There were parts in it that were I don't know. It just it 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 wasn't what I expected it to be, which I wanted a little bit more of what Mr. Priest did. Right. Mr. Owsley. And it's not that at all. Uh, fantastic artwork, and the, uh, sure. the storyline was fairly gripping. It, w- it was pretty good, but it, you know, if Ramita Junior was drawing the series, I would get it. You know, just for his presence alone. Right. But the story didn't compel me to pick it up. You know, past that trade. So. Okay. Okay. And I, I mean, I was. Um, I still have to finish it, but I have the Storm Mini, and I have the Black Panther. I have the Bachelor Party issue. And the issue that takes place right after that, which is the wedding. So, those are going to be the only two Hudlin issues that I've read so far because I haven't read the trade. I haven't read any of the issues um, before the wedding or after the trade. Now that you mentioned that, do you remember the Cho cover they did for that wedding issue? Yeah, where you got friggin' Bishop on the side, and he's got that little <laughs> that little tear coming down his face. It's like that that friggin' commercial back in the day with the Indian crying over the garbage. <laughs> I, I looked at that and I said, oh, Frank, what are you doing, man? <laughs> but well, see, see, uh, something's wrong. If you were honing in on Bishop and his little teary eye, and I'm over here checking out Kitty filling out her bridesmaid dress. Yeah, well, 
and then I, I quickly moved over. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, Blade number three. Uh, I I ordered the first issue. I'm really not super, super looking forward to it since I saw a couple of preview pages from the first issue. Um, not sure what the hell old, old Howie is doing uh, aside from... He's not even phoning it in. I think it's Telegraph. It The art wasn't moving me at all and it's possible that the only saving grace to this series might be the fact that since Guggenheim's been doing such a bang up job on Wolverine that Blade might be uh, might take off in a similar fashion. It might be a sleeper. So I, I don't I don't know if I ordered the second issue and I'm not sure if I'm going to order the third. I haven't even read the first so I might be jumping the gun. I might I might enjoy the writing over the art and you know, I figured what the hell how are you going to go wrong with shaking but apparently you can yeah, I think he's shaking a little bit too much with the pencil <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> I will say that cover is awesome Mar- yeah, yeah, Marco Djurjevic is it yeah yeah I'll go with that that's really sharp I'm getting a Brian Wood kind of vibe from it a little bit yeah see I don't know that whole little okay here's the main image and then in the background you got you know all the 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 spray paint the tag art the things like that in the background and it's just man i i I, sometimes i miss my covers and it looks like a bear trap coming down on his coat down there at the bottom i think that's really nice it's nice design work but yeah just i'm i'm curious to know what it has to do what the cover if anything has to do with the interior and you got that the fact that it's about a woman who's dead and he's got a bouquet of flowers in his hand and you got the little repetitive triangle motif on the bottom that Mr. Sienkiewicz used so well. Yeah. No, I'm passing on this. I, I haven't been thrilled with Shaken's last two projects. I mean, for I mean, when when I heard Shaken uh, and Simonson were going to be doing a book together, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, really? As far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, 10, 15 years ago it would have been. And yeah, and it's just like, how could something on paper sound so good, and in the final result just be so damn wrong? Yeah, just ugh. I, I I think Howard must have been in the right place at the right time and got a an, a bunch of Zipatone really cheap <laughs> because there's a friggin' texture on everything in that book, and it's just so distracting. And now, I mean, he's used textures before on American Flag, but you know, never like this unplug the computer or burn the zipatone but just cut cut it out you know stop what was one of his last strongest works the shadow you know i if um the house was burning and and uh i could only pick like say you know one box to save i would make sure it would be the box with the kirby but uh i would be tickled pink if that box also had the blackhawk series in it oh, okay Blackhawk was unbelievable. So good. Yeah, never read that. Wanted to. Never read it. Yeah, great stuff. Um, moving on to bullet points. Ah, I'm, I'm a little leery only because it's destined to be the marvels of the new millennium. I, you're going to come out the gate with that? I, I like Tommy Lee Edwards, but uh, I don't like the copy on this. Um, his bodyguard MP Ben Parker. What's that all about? 
I, I guess it's something. Maybe it's like a what if you kind of story where you yeah, well, just, it would have it, to be. It's, it's if the you know Marvel universe went off in a different direction. This this Steve Rogers is a little effeminate. Yeah, I'm getting a very butch vibe from uh, from 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 the face there. Hmm. Please don't cry, kind of thing. <laughs> but that's me. Yeah, that's just you. Uh, with the I metallic don't... Iron Man in the background with the with the kryptonite emblem. Yeah, I'm just going off on this cover. I'm going to turn the page before I just say something really bad. Let us do that. <laughs> oh no, no, we can't. Because see, the interior looks a lot nicer than that cover. Yeah, I see a lot of Adobe Streamline in that art. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. You, uh, the the faceplate of the Iron Man on the right hand side page oh, that okay. that looks like that sucker's been streamlined. Neat little effect, but and, uh, and thank God Iron Man needs a canteen in those pouches. Well, he's got a drink. Does I don't see a little straw? Well, maybe in one of the pouches. <laughs> <sighs> that's a that's a kind of neat page though. I like that a lot. Maybe but they'll I, make it into a poster for you. Yeah, I'm not going to order it. Oh, okay. No, thank you. Uh, Moving on. That's a mean, badass look in uh, Falcon there. You betcha. Captain America, though, I'm getting it. A little bit of Sean Penn Captain America, a little bit. That's the the Madonna left me, and all I got is... (laughs) All I got is uh, we're no angels. (laughs) Very nice cover. Epting's very good. I like his stuff a lot. Yes, he is. Hercules looks pissed. That's That's Patriot back there, right? Yes, it is. Vision looks a little constipated. He's a really, really cool character, Patriot. I'll, only what I've read is uh, is the first Young Avengers trade, so um, mm-hmm. I I will take your word for it. And what I did read in that, I liked, especially you know he was he wasn't prickish, but it was just like, no, I'm the leader. This is how we're going to do it. But okay, I got to go back home. And it's just like you know he didn't he didn't come off like a prick to me, like like another character would in that in that situation if if. He came across. If somebody else came across in in that type of manner that I was being introduced to, I'd probably take a real disliking to him. But mm-hmm. I, it clicked. It it really worked. Interesting developments with that character in the second trade. And I I believe it has something to do with uh, the Truth miniseries. Yes, it does. Okay, I'm I'm so looking forward to it. There you go. And the no-brainer of the book, Civil War number seven. Well, we're not going to get into the whole big brouhaha about it. Whether or not issue seven will actually ship in November, we won't worry about here and there. We're going to get it when it comes out, regardless. Yeah. See, I wasn't even thinking of that. I and just, I just took a, a look at that, and I see when I go through the previews, I have a you know pen in hand, and I just circle the ones I want, and yeah. I it didn't even dawn on me that maybe it might not ship at that time. I'm, uh, I, I'm ordering it. If regard when when this gets released, and if people want to talk about it on the forums, you know they're going to say, "Well, you know, it didn't come out," and, and that's fine, you know. But you know what? As you're going to see in this catalog, there's plenty of other things you can read in its place until it does get hit. So, like you said, when it comes out, I'm reading it. It's gotten. It's not a big deal if it ships super. So, uh, Civil War number seven is is on the list. Yeah, I would wait. Any amount of time for work of that quality. I, yeah, you're right. The work, the work is great, and I'm I'm enjoying the story. I mm-hmm. really am. Me too. Now I'm not a retailer, so 
my uh, my bank account does not depend on this book shipping when they said it was going to ship. Right. And in that case, you know, I can agree with the people, you know, screaming the, the loudest and the longest that, yeah, it was not a good thing. But, you know, you'll have this. And like you said, there's a lot of other things out there. Marvel can, Marvel can rush books to the to to print real quick. Do a, you know, put out a greatest hits, uh, Captain America or something. Just you know, put something out. People right. will buy it. Absolutely. Fleshy one designate Chris Chavez. Codename Equinox. My favorite uh, probably book as far as Marvel is concerned. Uh, kind of across the age is probably going to be the Marvel team-up from the late 70s, specifically the run that Claremont had um, on Marvel team-up. Back, uh, back in that uh, era, that was actually my first Marvel book, and gosh, I was in grade school. Uh, my mom, for a magazine drive, uh, signed me up for that comic out of, out of all the ones that were uh, available, and when I got the, the first issue, it was Spider-Man and the Wasp versus Equinox. Ergo, my username across a bunch of the forums. To me, that was that was my gateway to the Marvel Universe. I, I wasn't getting Amazing Spider-Man. I wasn't getting Avengers or any other books that were coming out at the time. So, uh, you know, for me, the, the canon for the Marvel Universe and you know Spider-Man and the different characters at the time, it was it was all in those pages. And, and boy. You know, whether it was Claremont teamed up with Byrne or you know, any of the other artists that were coming along at the time, I, I got a, a healthy dose of, of everything. You got your your character, you know, one-on-one character stories a la, you know, Spider-Man with uh, Luke Cage. You know, back in the, the Afro and uh, Chain Belt days, uh, fighting fires with the, the New York Fire Department. You got your, you know, cosmic-type uh, sagas with Spider-Man and Thor and Spider-Man and Havoc versus the Living Monolith. Hell, you even got your uh, spy and espionage. It was a, a great four-parter that Claremont had, and I think it was, I think it was Sal Buscema. Uh, I think he was being inked by Steve Leohola. Um but it was, uh, gosh, I can't remember the exact title, but it was basically the Black Widow Amnesia um, series, a, a great four-parter um, that brought in Shield at that time, my, my first ever exposure to it. But uh, God, the the memories that you know, I. I I get from those. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about uh, you know putting those books out in a, an essential or you know showcase type format. And to me, I, I really just couldn't see seeing those in a, a black and white format. Got to got to see them in the, the full living color and you know the gorgeous art that they had going on then. So to me, that that would be my favorite book of all time for the Marvel books. Daredevil 91. I'm there. Yeah. Thanks to Mr. Chris Neesman, so am I. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a guy. Every book he's ever recommended to me has been really good. And um, I've been a big Daredevil fan since way, way, way back. Mm -hmm. And um, oddly enough, Kevin Smith was the one who turned me off to the character. No kidding. Yeah, didn't like that, that arc at all. Okay. And I never got back on it when Bendis came on so I missed a nice big chunk of critically acclaimed Daredevil stories that uh, now I'm going back and have to pick up so 
And I have I have Guardian Devil in the trade because I did I did get the first couple issues because I'm a I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. So I said, hey, you know, Smith on Daredevil, what the hell? Um, and and for an editor in chief, Joe Quesada is a fantastic artist. And no, I, all jokes aside, he's he's doing a great job running Marvel right now. Um, but uh, but you know I I'm not going to shy away from Quesada and Palmiotti. On, on Daredevil, so that was good. Although I wasn't real keen on, on what Quesada was doing with uh, Daredevil Father. But um, I, I did read the first couple issues. Eventually I got the trade because I missed some issues during that Guardian Devil run. And um, and then when David Mack and then uh, Brian, Michael, Brian Michael Bendis came on board, I, um, I wasn't reading anything of it. And it might have been because of the art. I, I don't think I was really uh, really feeling the leave too much. But I, I will eventually rectify that, and, and uh, I'll go back and I'll, I'll read those issues. And Ed Brubaker is certainly not a writer you can sneeze at. No, he's done some amazing stuff with this book so far. Yep. Doctor Strange, The Oath, number two. I did order number one. Yeah, same here. Interest is in it. And check out who's in number two. Night Nurse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, there's a blast from the past. Really? And she looks like she's got a little bit of perky, you know, things going yeah, on well, there. Maybe it's chilly. That's all right. Uh, Marcos Martin did the uh, Batgirl Year One series. Yeah, and it looked nice. I never read it. Yeah, it, I thought it was pretty decent. Um, okay. His art in spots will uh, remind you of Paul Smith. I'm, I'm getting that. Yeah. I'm getting that, really. I, I can see that a little bit in uh, in Strange Face. Just, I mean, there's a little bit more detail than Smith would do, and a little bit uh, it, it's a different look. But I can I can see that, especially in the uh, especially in the cape, and and um, yeah, yeah. I, I like I said I, I ordered the first one. I'm I'm thinking I, I'll probably continue it. It's only five issues. Yeah, I'll stick with it too. I, I always had a soft spot for Doctor Strange. Yes. And Brian Paul Smith. Oh yeah, and Brian K. Vaughn. So yeah, and I've I've read um, I haven't read too much by him. I did read uh, the first trade of Why, which I didn't go out and get anything else since. Um, I'm not reading Ex Machina at the moment, and I have yet to start The Runaways. So I haven't read a lot of Vaughn stuff. Tell you what, I'm going to go out. In one swoop, I'm going to get all the runaway stuff, because uh, I'll admit it's not a book I uh, I read. You know, and and I keep hearing everybody go on about how good yeah. the runaways is. Yeah. And I picked up the uh, Young Avengers runaways, right? Civil War thing, and I like the team. I like the dynamic they have going on there. So, I'll give it a shot. Okay. And uh, there's certain people on the forum that plug the hell out of that book so i think i'm going to buckle down and just maybe maybe if i buy the first digest and see if it you know if i like it then i'll i'll, I'll pick them all up just in time for uh mr vaughn to leave with issue 24 right well <laughs> that's me i know oh here we go eternal six of six the, the big finale here yeah i heard that's no big deal oh Bite your tongue. Is, isn't that a cool cover? That really is. That is really neat. 
it's almost Godzilla-esque. Yeah. But it is. It's, it's, it's really nice. And uh, I've and read it the... It looks like it's going to be double-sized. Yes, duh. It's first sentence. Double-sized finale. Yep. Now, I've read the first three, and uh, I'm not a big Neil Gaiman fan, but he, he's, he's doing very good work on this. And, uh, you know, the other guy's not too shabby either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a slouch. Uh, if I only had a tenth of his talent. I do talent. like the covers, though. Which ones? The, this, the this is Yeah, this is another thing with the variants that they're... Yeah. Get. I've been lucky, though. I've only gotten the berries so far. I haven't. Had, I don't have a third issue yet. I'm only in the middle of the second one, and uh, and I am enjoying the story so far. So I'll um, I'll I'll be there, and uh, the hardcover will be out in the spring. So yeah, I know anybody that that is missing the uh, this this miniseries and didn't get on board. They can uh, they can get it in another few months. Oh, buy the singles. Pick, oh, I think so. Pick them up; they're worth it. But if they can, if they can't find them, I'm sure they'll be printed again. Yeah, yeah. Now, next page, Fantastic Four, five forty-three. I, I love this denture commercial that the thing is in. You, you know what? With those teeth. You know what that says to me? Yarn man. <laughs> you, you remember Don yes, Simpson's? Yar- yeah, yes. that's what that looks like. Yarn man. What the hell's uh, going on with that? It's awful scary. His grain of. Uh... Uh, tracing as well? Um, I don't think so. I just think Johnny Storm looks a little stiff. That's an amalgamation of the the six one six thing and that damn movie thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just oh scary shit. Reed looks like the father from uh, Alias, who played uh, Sidney Bar- uh, Bristow's father. I forget his name. Um, actor who's been in a lot of stuff. He's also on a new show. I think it started tonight on on Fox called Justice. He plays a lawyer, but um. And I don't know who the hell uh, and, and Sue Storm looks familiar too. This this looks like it was it, it was um, there was some reference material used. I'm just I'm I just Johnny Storm just really looks stiff. Yeah, I'm not digging it. It, it looks like they're about to go down to the basement and strap on the you know the the handcuffs and <laughs> start working the rack a little bit. I just the, the no. thing looks like he's really about to 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 hurt somebody just and and, and in a really good way. You have reached the end of part one. Tune in next time as Lindsay and David Price continue this temple their way through the Marvel Previews catalog. By next wave or I will be forced to sneak into your residence in the middle of the night and stick parts of myself into your openings while you sleep. It will not be pleasant for you, anyway. X51 signing out.